Yeah. It's a big game. Who you know that got it behind the scenes like behind the O-line soon as the QB say hype. <laughs> it's big game, game, big game, game, game. Analysis from the player's point of view. Injuries, big trades, player news. Yeah. Sect the competition and he played with Tony Dungy. Better listen, I'm talking about Big Game Sports Buzz. Said everything you need and more. Yeah. Big Game Sports Buzz. I thought I told you once before. We call him Big Game James. Yeah. Big Game James. Big Game James. What we call Big Game James. Word. Big Game Sports Buzz. Said everything you need and more. So tune in. Tune in. Welcome to Big Game Sports Buzz. It's your boy, Big Game James. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition. But before we get into talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers preview, I would like to take a few moments. This past Sunday, something very tragic happened. We lost a major sports icon. Everyone knows this. This is not breaking news, but it's still news that will not go anywhere anytime soon. NBA legend and great Kobe Bryant lost his life this past Sunday in a helicopter crash. Kobe Bryant was on board with eight other people, and one of those on board with him was his eight, I mean, was his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant. Kobe has done a lot of different things for the game of basketball, but I know he's done many things for many athletes. I know when they came up with the Black Mamba and Mamba mentality, it's something that I embraced and endured because it summed up the mentality you needed to have to be successful. Kobe Bryant, gone. He's not going to be forgotten by any means. I just want to take a few moments out on that. And this show's 100 report will be dedicated to Kobe Bryant. So sit back, relax, get ready. Big Game Sports Buzz is kicking off now. Well, guys, Antonio Brown is still in the news. Um, Antonio Brown is still being investigated by the NFL for um, sexual assault allegations and other things that have been going on. And recently, the uh, the wide receiver was um, just released off of house arrest for an incident that he had involving a moving company driver and other things. I feel like Antonio Brown news is getting old, but at the same time, I feel like it's necessary because I believe Antonio Brown is needing some kind of help. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has come out and said that the league um, wants to help Antonio Brown get back on the right track. And, you know, is it lip service? Is it is it real talking? Is, you know, is something going to be done? Because at this point in time, something has to be wrong. Antonio Brown says that he believes that there's an Antonio Brown curse. 
I don't think there's a curse. I think that Antonio Brown is just making bad decisions, and it's going to come a point in time where he's going to have to own up to the mistakes that he made, get help, and I believe that's going to be professional help, whether talking to a psychiatrist or whatever he needs to do to talk about what's going on. I believe it's something mentally, and I believe the further along it goes, the worse it gets, and the more he's out of the game, it's just going to get harder and harder for him. So I believe if Antonio Brown gets the help that he needs and can get thing, get himself back on the right track, he can get signed with the NFL team. And then I believe being around other players, other guys, positive coaches will help him, you know, get his life back on track. And on the outside looking at, I say get his life back on track. I guess I should say it can get him where he is out of the news not making headlines and stories for things other than him being a phenomenal football player. Um, I believe a right-minded Antonio Brown, I believe there's 32 NFL teams that will want that guy on their team. Yes, I said 32. I believe all 32 teams want Antonio Brown, and I believe that he has a job if he can stay out of the news and making um Negative headlines. Um, it was said by Roger Goodell um, in Antonio Brown's situation. I think the first thing is for all of us to think about the well-being of Antonio. And Goodell was just, he went on to say, to understand what Antonio was going through. Uh, we don't talk about the wellness of our players uh, publicly. But I would tell you that you can be sure that the NFL and the NFLPA have a tremendous amount of resources that are available to all players including Antonio Brown. So, you know, Goodell put that out there. There's things, there's measures that, you know, he can take through the PA that's offered for players, um, active players and inactive players. You know, those programs out there, they're real, they exist. Um, you know, there are things that I know that have been placed in front of me and I've been told about. But at the end of the day, um, it's about more than football, and I really just hope and pray that Antonio Brown can get himself going on the right track and be ready to contribute to the NFL and uh, that he doesn't self-destruct. Um, Antonio Brown is on a path that can be all bad in the end if he does not get things together. Yo, what's up, man? Welcome to the show, my man, Antoine Smitty-Smith. Smitty, what's going on with you? Hey, what's up, big game, James? Man, nothing much, man. Just want to say thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Hey, man. So I, got, I just got a couple quick questions for you. A whole lot going on in the sports world right now. And the segment uh, before this one, I was talking about Antonio Brown. What's your thoughts about Mr. Brown and do you think another NFL team will take a chance on him? Um, the only way that he gets another chance in the NFL is if he can prove that his behavior will change. But uh, him getting uh, arrested could have been, you know, a blessing in disguise because I said all along he needed a mental evaluation, and he has to get that now in order to continue on with not only football but with his life also. Because yeah, his I totally agree with you, man. I think he was on a slippery slope and not just uh, from a standpoint of what was going on. I believe he thought that he was an untouchable athlete. And this happening, I think, 
pretty much brought him back down to reality that he sees that he's not bigger than the law. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, on, and on top of that, you know, um, it's, like we always say, it's a blessing to play in the NFL. And if you squander those chances nine times out of 10, you never get another one. Now he makes the NFL a lot of money, but at the same time, he's, you know, tarnishing the shield also. So like you said, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just not to get off tag, get off track, but, um, you know, think about Josh Gordon and his opportunities and he squandered them. He came back, had a you know good year with Seattle, but at the same time, those years he missed from being in so much trouble, he didn't come back the receiver that he once was. And I believe right. Antonio Brown may fall into that same category that if it takes him too long to get himself together, he's not going to be able to come back and be that guy that we used to, and the, the numbers aren't going to be the same. Agreed. And I'm glad you brought up Josh Gordon because, uh, like I said earlier, uh, he only gets these chances because he's a meal ticket. Uh, right. If he didn't have the talent he had, you know, I don't think he would get those chances. Look at uh, Justin Blackman when uh, he got blackballed. Uh, yeah. Kareem Hunt, he's hanging on by a thread. Right. Uh, so, you know, if they're not a mega star like Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon with that superhuman ability, they don't get another chance. So he's hanging on by a thread also. Yep, you are absolutely correct. And uh, just real quick, uh, before I get at, you know get into the Super Bowl and you know what you think is going to happen, um, tragic news sport hit the sports world uh, this weekend, and the past the passing of Kobe Bryant. I just wanted to get your take on what you think about the situation, and if you have a a favorite Kobe Bryant memory, you might want to share. Um, I think. Uh... It's tragic, and, you know, I pray for his wife and kids that, you know, they find a way to make it each day. She put a post out on Instagram earlier thanking everybody, but mm -hmm. I know that was one of the hardest things she's ever had to do, you know, and I said this on my podcast. Um, when you, you know, wake up in the morning, you're blessed. Um, she didn't know that that would be the last time she would see her husband and one and one of her daughters for the last time right her, you know for her to hear that kind of news you know that had to be heartbreaking but yeah go ahead no so yeah i totally agree with you and then the way that news started breaking um you know i think you have so many reporters that want to be the first one to report something instead of reporting the correct facts because i know when i first heard the story i heard like four different things and so here was right. I was I was on my car driving around to where I really had to just pull over, kind of collect my thoughts, and start texting you know family and friends and people you know in California to try to find out what was going on. Because the first thing I heard was that it was Kobe Bryant, his wife, all his daughters. Then I heard it was Kobe Bryant, you know uh, Gianna, Rick Fox, some and someone else. So people were putting people on that helicopter that you know that weren't on there. And I was just starting to kind of go crazy. And it's just, it's it, it's heart-wrenching for me to stop and think that Vanessa had to find out the way she probably did because reports were going out there that were inaccurate. And I'm sure her phone had to start blowing up before she can get, you know, told the proper way by, you know, county sheriffs or anybody else. Right, right. And, and I'm the type, you know, 
uh, I'm private to a certain degree. And right. uh, with the type of stats that they have, they were private to, you know, a full degree because uh, Kobe, uh, he said it in a lot of his interviews, he don't even talk basketball. Uh, he was only getting back into basketball because of his daughter. He was right. focusing on his endeavors, uh, his business, and that's all he was focused on. Right. So uh, for, you know, her to find out that way, it was, to me, in my opinion, I think it was just disrespectful uh, because at the same time, uh, people grieve different. And, you know, for her to hear it that way, uh, it just totally threw me for a loop because yeah. – I know where I was when I when I heard the news. I was actually posting on Instagram and seeing it on one of my classmates' page. And I said, mm -hmm. man, this, this can't be right. It's got to be fake news again. Because you know yourself, you know yourself, they, they've killed Betty White with three or four times and she's 98 yeah. years old. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. Exactly. You're so. correct. And I said, I was in the car and I was switching um I was switching back from radio stations. And I caught the tail end of one saying, yeah, tragic passing of Kobe Bryant. And for some reason, my mind and my heart, the way I took it, I was waiting for a punchline. I'm thinking this is some kind of crazy joke. And then I turned to a sports station, I heard it, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, something really is going on. And that's kind of when, you know, I found out, I found out, and, you know, I shared with some of my friends and people, you know, one of my crazy, uh, I think one of my, funny stories is I've met you know a couple NBA players and never had the opportunity to meet Kobe Bryant but my wife is a diehard Lakers fan you know she's an LA girl grew up in LA right. um, everything about the purple and gold she loves and so when I was playing with the Colts we were fortunate enough to get Indianapolis uh, Indiana Pacer tickets all the time so um, I, put, I went in and put my ticket request in early when I knew the Lakers were coming I went and uh, talked to people. We got, we got pretty much, we were like four rows back from courtside. And my wife comes out ready to go with her Kobe Bryant jersey on. And they beating down the paces. I mean, they just putting the business on them. She's up yelling, screaming, got her hands in the air, you know. Yeah, and every time Kobe Bryant did something, she went crazy. To where this Indiana Pacer fan curses my wife out and tells her to, you know, shut up and sit down. Wow. And so he, I'm, we had a I'm professional football player chilling with his wife at a basketball game. You know, I'm a basketball fan. I wasn't a Lakers fan. You know, I'm a Hawks fan. So I'm just enjoying the game. But here it is. My wife is celebrating and enjoying the game so much. I'm thinking I'm about to get into a fight with this dude because he, you know, used some not-so-cool language. And so I jumped up. And I swear to God, if it wasn't for our defensive coordinator at the time, Ron Meeks, I may have ended up getting arrested that night for putting my hands on that guy, but I'm glad nothing happened. <laughs> and that was always a story, you know, that we told, but we talked about just the Lakers that, you know, here it is. We go to see, have a chance to see Kobe uh, Bryant playing and Shaquille O'Neal at the time, you know, great teammates dominated the NBA. Right. And we can't even enjoy the game because she's rocking her jersey and we, you know, about to, about to get into it with some guy that was just mad that his paces were getting beat down. But, um, you know, definitely sad news. I don't, you know, I think I put Kobe Bryant on that pedestal where he, he was bigger than basketball. And you, like you said a few minutes ago, his endeavors, everything he wanted to do bigger than basketball. And what I think was amazing was the awareness and focus he was actually putting on the, on the women's game because of his daughter. Right, right. 
people right. like him can open doors and do things that not everyone else can do. And for him to be gone now, um, the women's game is going to lose a big push of someone they had that was, uh, you know, really fighting for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but before I give you my, uh, my favorite Kobe Bryant moment, uh-huh. uh, I, I would say this and, you know, it took my grandmother to tell me this. Uh, she said, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, he could have been, you know, taking Kobe away from us because he didn't want the evil that to come towards him, you know, in the future. And on top of that, you know, she says also that when God called your number, it ain't nothing you can do. It's just time. Amen. You are, you are, your grandmother was dead on and correct on that. And that's the thing about being a fan, no matter how much it hurts us and we don't necessarily understand it, it's a bigger purpose. You know, we, we can't, you know, everyone can always speculate what happened, why it happened. God knows why it happens. And he's going to be that same God and that same strength. That's right. going to help that family, you know, get over it and, uh, and get through it. Absolutely. And uh, I just think uh, myself also, I think it was God just showing, you know, the world that he's still in control, no matter what the devil has brewing. He's still right. in control, no matter what. Exactly. But my favorite Kobe moment probably was the 98 All-Star game. Uh, I think he said it's himself that he was, that was his most nervous moment of his professional career. And I remember that game because, in my opinion, he outshined Michael Jordan that game. And right. That was his coming out party. You know, he sat on the bench for two years almost. Uh, but that year in 98 was his coming out year. And from right. that point on, he was born and he never let off the gas. Yep. Well, that's – hey, man, appreciate you th- sharing your thoughts on Kobe. And, you know, real quick before um, I get ready to shut this thing here down, the big game is coming up this weekend. And – you know, the one thing I always wish for, man, when it comes to me in the Super Bowl, I just want to see a competitive Super Bowl. And from the way this season has gone, I think that this is going to make a really good uh, Super Bowl game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you see this game uh, turning out, Smitty? Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting, man. I think um... – it's going to be the 49ers defense against the Kansas City Chiefs offense because um, the 49ers defense, we know top 10, top five really in the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs have a track team <laughs> as wide <Right>. receivers. <laughs> and I think uh, the key for the Chiefs would be running the football. If they can run the football and uh, open up their passing game, uh, I think that would be the difference. And in my opinion, that's why I would pick the Chiefs. Because I think they could be able, they could run the ball and um, make enough, just enough plays on defense uh, to, you know, keep the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And gotcha. I don't think, you know, you've seen it yourself. 49ers are iffy in that secondary because the Falcons picked them apart. Yeah. And, and the it's Chiefs. funny you said that. It's funny you said because I was just, that was going to be the next thing I asked you. I was like, we know that the front seven of the San Francisco 49ers is awesome. That defensive line. Is amazing at putting pressure on the quarterback, um, stopping the run. But can that secondary hold up? I was just about to, <laughs> to, to hit you on that, and you you touched on it already, talking about how you know there have been games this season where they have gotten uh gotten torched. Right, and I think uh, you know yourself, Tyreek Hill, 
whether he's, you know, running slants or running deep routes, and he might even kill him in the return game. So Chiefs, they're they're just, you know, they just have too much on offense, I think, for that 49ers secondary. And I think that would be the difference. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo could perform against that Kansas City Chiefs defense? Uh, The only reason why I would say yes is because he has George Kittle. And I don't think the Chiefs have a linebacker that can cover him or a safety that can cover him because uh, he's too big for Tyron Matthew. And um, I just, (laughs) other than that, I don't see anybody else in that secondary that can cover him. Got you. I think it's going to honestly come down to if Kansas City Chiefs defense has played a whole lot better toward, you know, those last five games of the regular season and they look really good in the, uh, in the playoffs. My thing is, can they stop this running game? And to me, I think that's key. If Kansas City can stop the San Francisco 49ers running game, I think they can bottle up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo play up, they can they can bring another safety down to help that linebacker draw, uh, guard Kittle and take him out of the game. So to me, for San Francisco to really, really have a chance, slow down that passing attack, which sounds easy and is shown to be pretty much looks almost impossible right now. And can they, you know, can they stop the running game? Can the, um, I'm sorry, can, can, can the city's defense hold up? But I think more pressure falls on San Francisco than it does on Kansas City. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's only because, only because of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think he's the next generation at quarterback, and the media is putting a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And if he doesn't pull this game out, um, I think uh, it messes with his, it messes with his contract a little bit, and I don't think he wants that to happen. No, I don't think that he wants that to happen. But I, I think. Two factors in this. Um, I'll be the first person to admit that I thought Patrick Mahomes was a system quarterback at Texas Texas Tech. I thought that he put up the numbers that he did because of that spread offense and that Kingsbury, you know, set him up and set a lot of quarterbacks up to have big numbers, but necessarily not necessarily transfer uh, over into the NFL. And he has come into the game. And from what everyone's told me, you know, some of my friends in scouting departments, they said his knowledge of the game, how he plays, how he adapts every week and puts the work in. He has clearly shown that I was wrong, and that's probably why I'm not working in the scouting office. But I did not see it. I didn't see him transition into the NFL the way he has. And because of the way he's played so far, I honestly think that He's going to go in knowing it's a big game, but not put pressure on himself to perform, to live up to what the media is putting on him. Right. Right. Absolutely. And the way that their scouts sold him to Andy Reid, I read up on it. It was just amazing, man. Uh, they looked at his baseball background. They looked at, his, looked at his time at Texas Tech. And what they did, they put the right players around him. They seen he needs speed with an arm like he has. He can toss the ball with 60, 70 yards flat-footed. They put wow. the right players around him. Speed, 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 and that's all he needs. All right. So, Smitty, before we get out of here, go ahead and give me your winner, which I know pretty much who you're going to say. What do you think the score of the, of the Super Bowl is going to be? Uh, I had uh, Kansas City 27-24. Wow, so real close game. Three-point game, 27-24. And, guys, everybody – 
If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to my main man, Antoine Smitty-Smith from Smitty Sports Machine. Smitty, you want to tell everybody how they can uh, follow you on social media and check out your, your Sports Machine podcast? Yeah, you can check me out on uh, Spotify at Smitty Sports Machine. Uh, but if you want to get everything that I do on one platform, just go to Twitter. And that's at FatboySlim underscore 21. F-A-T-B-O-I-S-L-I-M underscore 21. You can catch everything that I do uh, from YouTube to Anchor Podcast. Um, I just do it all, man. I try to dip and dab it and all. I even write on WordPress.com. Hey, yeah. Hey, guys, Smitty is, is, is awesome at what he does. He has a great perspective that he puts up there on all of the, not just his favorite Atlanta teams, but insight on the NFL, NBA, Major League, but man, you 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 touch on some of everything, and, that, and that's why I love following your your podcast, your blog, and everything else, man. I really want to say thank you for coming on a uh, big game sports buzz and giving me a little bit of insight of what's going on and uh and helping me out on the Super Bowl preview. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. Thank you for right, supporting me. All always, brother. You take it easy. All right, no doubt. All right. Well, y'all, Super Bowl 54 is just around the corner. This Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs will battle it out to see who is the best professional football team in the world. So, without further ado, it is time for me to give you guys my Super Bowl picks. I talked about it a little bit in the segment before with my guest, Antoine Smitty-Smith from Smitty Sports Machines. But here we go. Living in the Bay Area for a few years and having a lot of San Francisco 49ers uh, fans as friends and having some ties to the West Bay, I am predicting that the San Francisco 49ers will not win the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And looking at a pure breakdown of position comparison, um, starting out with the quarterback position, you have Patrick Mahone versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, yes, I know they're not facing each other, but when it comes down to it and I have to pick a quarterback, right now I've got to pick the quarterback with the hot hand. Patrick Mahomes is hotter than they say fish grease in the country. He is hot. He is a man on a mission, and I believe that he is really wanting to play for his head coach, Andy Reid, and that he is the better person at that position. Jimmy Garoppolo has played well. I think San Francisco is not mad at the money they spent after trading or getting him from the New England Patriots, but it hasn't been a lot of pressure on him all year. Um, and when it has, to me, he hasn't always performed. His best passing performance went under a little bit of pressure, was against the New Orleans Saints. But other than that, in the playoffs, he hasn't had to throw the ball a lot. He's relied heavily on his run game to um, make him successful. I believe that Mahomes is the better quarterback, and the Chiefs have the edge there. At the running back position, um, Rashawn Mostert and Tevin Coleman. Coleman got hurt during uh, the NFC Championship game. Not sure if he's going to be at a full 100%, but uh, most of the way he plays is a man on the mission. The Kansas City Chiefs have Damian Williams, and backing him up is LaShawn McCoy, a nice seasoned veteran. I 
still give the 49ers a slight edge because of Mostert starting. If Coleman is out, that edge of momentum may swing back to Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. But I give the San Francisco 49ers a slight edge there. Wide receiver position. I like what Emmanuel Sanders is doing in San Francisco now. Debo Samuel is a baller. Marcus Goodwin. But Kansas City Chiefs have a track team for a wide receiver core. It is hard to pick against Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and everyone else that lines up on the side of the ball. I definitely have to give the edge at the wide receiver position to the Kansas City Chiefs. The tight end position. Both of these tight ends are monsters, are great wide receivers. Um, you got Kittle for the 49ers, and you have Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs. I honestly think that that's a wash at that position. Both of these guys are good. Both of them are difference makers for their teams. Both of them are very, very hard matchups. They can't be guarded by a tight end. They're going to demand a double team or at least safety help. So the tight end position, I'm going to say, is equal. The defensive line. I love San Francisco's front line. I believe that they can get after you um, by rushing four. They don't have to blitz a lot. They don't get super fancy. They put their hand in the dirt. They get off the ball. Um, And I also believe that D Ford coming over to that team, getting some criticism from his old teammates, is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and it's going to help his game. Kansas City Chiefs, Frank Clark, uh, Jones, those guys get after it as well. Um, They've had some injuries. They're okay. San Francisco 49ers get the edge there. The secondary, I believe that the San Francisco 49ers secondary um, has been playing banged up um, most of the year. Richard Sherman had some signs of greatness versus Green Bay, and he had some signs of oldness. Um, Tyron Matthew is, I know he's a safety, not a corner, but he is a man that a lot of teams like to challenge, but he is amazing at a safety position. It is something about the Honey Badger being on that side of the ball that I actually like how he helps the rest of that secondary play. I've got to give that secondary edge to the Kansas City Chiefs. And at the end of the day, when I look at it and I've got to make a pick, and if I say I'm going to pick with my head and not my heart, I honestly think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to squeak out um, a victory. I'm pulling for the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm going to say it right here on Big Game Sports Buzz. I believe the Chiefs will find a way to squeak out a win. I'm going to say it will be 24 to 17. 24 to 17 is the score that I'm going with. I may be crazy, but I also may be right. All I know is I pray that we have an entertaining, exciting Super Bowl that's going to be one for the ages and one that we talk about for a long time. Big Game Sports Buzz, the 100 Report. Normally, I like to try to find a topic that may ruffle feathers. But right now, like most basketball fans and sports fans, I've been sitting back, wondering why, and trying to figure out why NBA great Kobe Bryant had to go. 
You know, I was always told growing up that you can never question death and question God and what his plan is. And I understand that. I do understand that. I also understand and know that not everyone is a believer in God or in a higher faith. But at the same time, I also know and understand that it's because of the belief that I have that I've been able to get over so many different deaths that have occurred in my lifetime. When someone like Kobe Bryant passes away, it hits you in a way that's often hard to explain. No, I didn't know Kobe Bryant. No, I didn't play for the Los Angeles Lakers. But I live with a big-time Lakers fan. I'm married into a Lakers family. Every time the Lakers were on TV, they were on in my house. To see the greatness that Kobe Bryant displayed as an NBA player, and even more so as a father and an advocate after his NBA playing days, made you want to cheer him on. So, as I always sat back and admired what so many of us now call the Mamba mentality, the mentality to always do your best, you can overcome anything, that you stop at nothing to make yourself better and make those around you better. Kobe Bryant had a different way of impacting not just the NBA world, but the sports world. So, it's because of those things that made it difficult for me at first when I heard that Kobe Bryant had passed away. Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna were the only two that lost their lives. Seven other people perished in the helicopter crash. There's a lot of families hurting right now. Hurting beyond our belief. You know, I don't know what it's like to lose a spouse or a child, nor do I ever want to know what it's like. I'm sure Vanessa Bryant never thought that her husband was going to leave home that morning and not return with their daughter. It's still hard when I think about it. It's still hard for me to watch the tributes on the TV. It's hard to read the tweets sometimes. Because by doing that, I have to accept the fact that Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, is gone. and never going to be here again. And as that is hard for me to deal with, I know that my faith in God will help me overcome this hard time. I know that I'll have to pull the positive messages that I got from Kobe Bryant through his quotes, his tweets, his sayings, his work to help me find the positive vibe to keep going. The world lost Kobe Bryant. 
His family lost him. But yet I also lost a college teammate. And as I sit here and think about life, I've got to also always remember to not be selfish. Be happy every morning that I get up and open my eyes because no day is promised to no person. This is Big Game James, and this is my 100 report. I want to thank you for tuning in to episode 11, the Super Bowl edition of Big Game Sports Buzz. I don't know what's going to happen in the Super Bowl this weekend, but I really do hope that we get a good football game. And once again, I'd like to send my condolences out to Laker Nation, Laker fans, the Bryant family, everyone that was lost in that tragic, tragic accident that happened this past weekend. But I would like to leave you with this. Not all storms come through to disrupt your life. Some come to clear a path. Remember that when you get ready to take on every day. And every day is truly a blessing. Hug those you love. And let them know that whatever you do, you're going to do it big, like Big Game Sports Buzz.